Welcome to The Liberating Secret with your host, author and teacher, Sylvia Pierce. The Liberating Secret is dedicated to revealing the mystery of the gospel, which is Christ in you, the only hope of glory. Let's join Sylvia Pierce for today's lesson. Welcome to The Liberating Secret. My name is Sylvia Pierce and so glad to be with you again today. Uh, we're doing my, I'm doing a chart presentation called What is Man? And um, I'm on chart 36. We've been talking about the great leap of faith. The leap in between the O wretched man of Romans 7 and the leap of faith that he comes to really at the very end of Romans 7. So let me, uh, I need to just go ahead and read the very end of Romans 7, when he finally realizes that he, in verse 22, for I delight in the law of God after the inner man, but I see another law, see, in my members, in my fleshly body and soul, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Okay, the law of sin and death. That means... As long as I'm operating from a fleshly source, you see, I'm going to be under the law of sin and death. So he, Paul's trying to know how not to live in his flesh and how to walk in the spirit. That's really the quest that all of us want to know. How, how do we do that? Well, it's by taking a leap of faith. And um, so Paul finally gets to the end of uh, trying to improve himself through self-effort, and he cries out, but when I am just operating alone, as if I'm just a fleshly being, he says, O oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? If we're operating apart from who we are, just as a flesh being, yes, we are pretty wretched. And that has to come to the surface sometime. Even as good as we think we are, all, all those things have to come to the surface so that we can really see, apart from Christ, we don't have any righteousness. We have none whatsoever. God has to prove that to people, especially people that look to be like the good guy all the time and look to be doing all the good things, you see, and be um, seeking after the good things. Even Job had to be broken, which he was. So it's hard to see that the human being um, is nothing but a, a, a neutral being and available to the life of Christ living and expressing himself through me. So he had to cry out seeing that apart from that, apart from his resurrection, I'm pretty wretched. He said, but he says this, the next verse, this is the last verse of Romans 7. He already sees the real truth. So he takes a leap of faith between uh, verse 24, which is, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And then he takes a leap of faith to the finished work of Christ because that's the only way we're delivered. Where the only way we're delivered is to realize that we've already been delivered at the cross. It's already happened. Christ did the work. And because he says this, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. In other words, I'm thanking God because Jesus did it. Jesus came out of that grave. Jesus raised me to a new level of living. And in his resurrection, I am a new creation. I'm indwelt by a divine spirit. 
And that Holy Spirit, Christ, is my life. And walking and standing in that. And basically, I always say there will be a big fight of faith. You will have to stand in the truth because outwardly you may not manifest it right away. But you stand in the truth of who you are. I always say it's like, it's like a chicken with his head cut off. Well, when I was a young girl, I lived in the south end of Louisville, Kentucky. We, we say Louisville, Kentucky. And um, right next to me was a family that had a big backyard and they had chickens. And every Saturday night, they would cut the head of a chicken off and have chicken for their Sunday meal. Well, uh, I would watch it as a little child. I'd see them cut the head off and I wouldn't like that. But then I'd see the chicken run around like his he still was alive. Well, he wasn't alive, but he still acted like he was alive. Well, that's what happens right here at the end of Romans 7. When he sees that by the cross of Christ, he was really crucified with Christ and raised to a new law of the law of spirit and life that sets him free. He's really putting his faith in the cross and he's standing for the first time in the spirit truth of who he is. But then he says this, so then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. That means I serve by faith the truth of spirit and life and Christ setting me free. I'm serving that. How am I serving? I'm served by faith. I'm not serving by me trying to improve myself. I'm saying Christ already did the work. He delivered me from a satanic source. Now I have a divine nature. I have Christ living inside me. And that's what he's saying. I'm going to serve God by faith. In the new mind of Christ, I've got a new mind. I'm going to take it by faith. It doesn't seem like it, but I'm going to take it by faith. I have all, I'm all new. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. But with my flesh, the law of sin, meaning anytime I want to operate in my flesh, I'm going to be right back to the law of sin and death. But I'm going to say, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. I'm just going to stand by faith. And I don't know how many times I'm going to fall, but I'm still going to stand by faith. I always say, when I was uh, raising my children, my last daughter, Susan, is 36 years old, going to be 36 her birthday in a few, few days, actually. Well, um, when she was first learning to walk, I was learning spiritual truths. So uh, she took a few steps, and oh my goodness, I called my friends and my family said, oh my gosh, Susan is walking. My husband came home. Our daughter is walking. Well, if you would look at her, she was falling most of the time, but I'm her mother. And I knew that it was really in her to be able to walk in, in, in who, who she was as a human being. Okay. Now take that illustration into our spirit life. When we first learn to walk in the spirit, we might fall quite a bit. Doesn't matter. Just get yourself up and say, no, that's not the truth about me. The real truth is Christ lives in me. Now, that's what happened to me. When I got out of my closet and stood in the truth that Christ was really my life and took my attention away from what I was manifesting and standing on who I am in spirit, as I did that, as I did that, I still manifested some sins and I couldn't stop. But see, God trained me real good. Don't look at that. If you look at that, you're going to die. The mindset on the flesh is death. You keep your eye on who you really are, on being. You're so used to looking at what you're doing, you have no 
idea of who you are in being. Stand still and see the salvation of God. And watch God do the work in you. So all I could do was go back to who I was. Okay, that's who I am. I, I'm just going to take it by faith. Well, I did. I felt like Susan, my little daughter. I was falling a lot of the times. But I kept getting back up and saying, no, Christ is my life. I, I can't make this manifest. I'm not the Lord of manifestation. The Holy Spirit is. But I'm taking it by faith. I'm telling you. Uh, really, the essence of sin is unbelief. Now, I was not in unbelief. I was in faith in who I really was. And that's why Paul says in Romans 8, don't take any condemnation when you're in this transition period. And you stand in faith. The more you, you, you condemn yourself for doing the wrong thing, well, you're back again re-examining yourself and your mind and attention is on yourself and what you're doing. Put it back on who you are. And as I did... He taught me to live by faith and call the things that be not as though they already are, which are, is exactly what God says that that's the reason that he called Abraham his friend. But friend is because of Romans seven seventeen. He called the things that be not as though they already are. And that's what I had to do. And that's what I did. So there is therefore now no condemnation. And what does this chart say? It says, this is my confession. What do I believe? For by your words thou shalt be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. And that's the truth. What's your word of faith about yourself? And that's Matthew twelve thirty seven. My word had to be, I don't care what I look like or what, how many times I fall, I am a new creation. I am united to Christ, and the real me is Christ in me. The, the dwelling place of Satan has been destroyed. That's Hebrews 2. He has put a new man which is renewed after the We have put on the new man which is renewed after the image of Christ. And I have crucified the wrong use of my fleshly humanity. I am sanctified and made holy by the body death of Christ. And I st stood there by faith. And I want to tell you that the day came. When the Holy Spirit brought that so real in me, one day I was sitting on my couch and I thought, what? Wait a minute. I'm not the same as I used to be. I'm not condemning myself anymore. I'm not trying to build a, a case against Scott and be a victim. Oh, poor me and feel sorry for myself. I'm not doing that anymore. How did I get out of that? Ooh, the Holy Spirit did a work in me without even knowing it. Did I realize that that's exactly how the Holy Spirit does it? He brings a new reality in us, and He does it silently most of the time. We don't even realize it, that he's what He's doing. But all along, other people see the change, and all of a sudden, I'm aware of it a little bit. But I don't pay a whole lot of attention to me, because my attention is now on what God has done, and the praise of God becomes more real to me than ever. So any outer thing that happens to me, the praise of God rises up in me. I thank you, God, that you are my life. I thank you that you're my keeping power. I thank you that you're you're the one that, that really is Lord of me. And, you know, it's not good enough to say uh, you're my Savior without, your Lord, with, without you being Lord. We say that in a generic sense. We don't realize he, being Lord of our life means that he rules, and I don't. <laughs> I don't have any control. He has control. And today I'm more and more aware of the fact I don't have any control of what I'm going to say and what I'm going to 
do and I and a lot of times Satan still will accuse me well did you say it wrong and I have to go back to well no Christ is the one that's in me and I'm and I, I just have to trust him that doesn't mean I might not have to apologize here or there for this or that it doesn't mean that but I'm always going back to who I am and Christ is my life and I as I stand in that the manifestations flow the spirit flows like the river then out from me shall flow ri uh, rivers of living water and they do and that's the leap of faith okay I'm going to probably skip um, the next one which is 37 and I'm going to go right into 38 faith is the substance I love what Romans 11 says faith is the is believing the facts offered then the believing soul embraces these facts as their own personal truth we affirm and God confirms these facts as live in us as as a living reality his spirit where bears witness with our spirit and that that is the truth and uh, so faith is our inner assurance our inner substance and uh, uh, and, but I'm living by the faith of the Son of God. I'm not trying to drum up faith. I'm not trying to have faith. I'm just trusting Him. And in trusting Him, He faiths out through me. So I don't even have to come up with faith. I, a lot of people have made faith a works. You don't make faith a works. I don't have to have an agenda on how to see things and how to believe things. The life of Christ now sees it through me naturally and spontaneously. Wow! That's the best way. That's the new covenant, isn't it? He's going to put it in our hearts and in our minds, and we're going to be it. Wow. By his spirit. It's what the new covenant is all about. That's what he promises us. We don't have to keep any outer laws because the law keeper is within us. We are expressing the righteousness of Christ. And faith is that substance, has its, is its own witness, and is that substance. And we'll move on to the next chart, which is there is no condemnation. That's the greatest place in the world and let me just read this because I've explained it um, earlier on the, in this program Romans 8 there is no condemnation so this is third chart 39 the law of spirit in of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death by condemning sin in the flesh that's what Jesus did he condemned sin in my flesh at the cross so I don't have a sinful flesh. It's wrong to say you have a sinful flesh. Let me read that verse. So it's wrong to say I still have a sinful flesh. We're not believing the fullness of the gospel if, if, that, if we're saying that. Verse 2, chapter 8, verse 2. For the law of spirit and life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The law is the way a thing works. If I'm operating from my flesh, yeah. I'm going to be, uh, it's like the book that falls under gravity. That law will work. And that is, it, it will yield sin and, sin and death every time. Because I'm trying to live from my own flesh energies or uh, confidences. That's why we don't have any confidence in the flesh. If I live by the Spirit, it sets me free from that law. So that's how life works. It works because I'm walking and living in the truth of who I really am. But look at what the next verse says. For the law that, for what the law could not do, then it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh or in my flesh or in my humanity. I don't have a sinful 
humanity that has been that uh, Christ was made that sin so that and to cleanse my humanity of sin. Wow. And you're freed from it. You're dead to it. Now, you can go along not believing that and be defeated as long as you want to be or come up with new movements on how in the world to uh, kill my flesh. I don't have to kill my flesh. I don't have to. I just have to recognize I'm already dead and I, the life of Christ is living in me. Now, let's go back to, to, to chart 39. Believing dissolves into knowing or being. You move in and take him by faith, then he moves back into you as a settled fact. Just like you know that you're saved. How do you know it? You can't fully explain it. You just know that you know. It's a spirit reality. Well, now this becomes a spirit reality. You take it. You take it. Believing dissolves into knowing or being, you see. Believing, I start out, believe it, I believe it, I believe it. It ends up being, I know it, I know it, I know it. Just like when you became a Christian. I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. The day came, you said, oh, I know it. I know that I am. I know it. All right, that's spirit knowing. Then that moves, uh, and you move back, you move in and take him by faith, then he moves back into you as a settled fact. It becomes a Settled fact. It became a reality, a settled reality in me almost 40 years ago. Wow. Wow. It's a long time. Long time. So I'm not talking about something I just learned yesterday or last year or five years or 10 years ago. I'm talking about 40 years ago. I learned this reality as a young person. Thank God. I didn't have a whole lot to unlearn because I had never been in, never had any Christian teaching. Sometimes we have to unlearn a lot when we've had a lot of Christian teaching because a lot of it is so partial and it's not given the fullness. So we end up, you know, not seeing the fullness. But I ended up hearing from one of the greatest Bible teachers and the greatest teacher. So I didn't have a lot to unlearn. And from the very beginning, I learned the truth and it, it set me free. It didn't keep me from breaking, being being broken. As soon as I heard the truth, I had to be broken because uh, uh, a fleshly me that thought it could do something or rise up and be something had to go. And it did go. And it went at the cross. And so I moved into the second real deliverance at the cross. The cross has delivered us wholly 2,000 years ago, but we have to move in by faith and possess, possess our possessions. Okay, so it moves into us as an unconscious consciousness. Now let's, and it, it does. I mean, I don't think every day I, when I get up, oh, I'm Jesus getting up. This is Jesus. No, it's me. But it's really him. But he comes back, he comes back as me. So it ends up being unconscious. Unconsciously, I know everything is within me. I don't have to even try to think up what I'm going to say on these programs. I know it just bubbles up out of me. I don't have to study my Bible to make sure that I've got it all clear and straight because it bubbles up outside of me. I don't. Even, it's unconscious. I just know it's there, and it is always there. I open my mouth, and it's there. Wow. Well, I'm, I, I think I'm the living proof of, of that that it can happen. I ought to be. It ought to be good news to anybody that hears this. You ought to be thinking, good grief! If it can happen to that woman, who in the world is she? I mean, nobody really. I don't like. I don't mind being that. I, I'm just a simple person. I don't. I'm not trying to be or 
proclaimed to be somebody special, although I think I am pretty special because the Holy, the Holy Special One lives inside me and manifests His life through me and has given me the unction and the anointing to be able to g give this out to you. But my job is not to sit and think I'm so special. My job is to make you know you are too. You are too. You are the special living expression of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you need to take that by faith. Jesus Christ at Calvary has done it all and has set you free. And you don't have an evil human flesh. I mean, it says he condemned sin in the flesh. He condemned it at Calvary. So sin was Satan in my flesh. So you take it by faith. You don't have a sin in your... The only reason that Paul lived in Romans 7 is because he didn't believe that truth and he believed in himself instead. Well, once you know that the real culprit is not your flesh, and the more you beat your flesh to try to make it behave, the worse it's going to get. The more you just, you leave your flesh to the Lord. He purchased it with his own blood. Your body and soul doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the Lord. He'll use it the way he wants to use it. Hallelujah. That's a, that's a, a part of our calling is that we don't have the say-so of what we're going to be and what we're going to do. Uh, Paul certainly didn't. Paul certainly didn't have the say-so of his life. He thought he was going to spend the rest of his life being one of the great scholars uh, as a, Pharise a pharisaical scholar thought he was going to be that the rest of his life. He was going to be like the president of the Pharisees. Well, guess what? He didn't end up being that. God says, I've chosen him. He's a chosen vessel, chosen him to show forth all of the great glories that I'm going to bring to the Gentile world. And he's going to know how much he's going to have to suffer for my name. The very name that he tried to uh, blot out by killing the Christians. He hated the name of Jesus. That's why Jesus answered him back when he said, Who is this speaking to me? And he said, It's Jesus whom thou hast persecuted. Oh my gosh. Can you even imagine how he felt on the inside when he realized he had killed all those Christians? And wow, what he had done. No wonder he said he was the least of all the apostles. I really think he was the greatest. Why? Because if you think you're the least, you're probably the greatest. <laughs> so, uh, in God's eyes. So, you don't even need to know that. The Lord told me a long time ago, He's not going to let me know what He's going to do through me. He's not going to let me know all the people that has, have, have been liberated, really, by the message that He brings through me. Why? Maybe I might get proud of me. <laughs> How can I be proud of me? When I'm really the nothing, I'm I'm neutral vessel by which the Holy Spirit lives. I'm only the body; He's the head. It's a privilege, though, to be to have this message to be able to give to the body of Christ. I didn't even ask for it. I didn't even know that I was going to be doing this. I didn't even want to do it. But after I got saved, I had a deep desire within my heart to give forth this truth to the body of Christ. I couldn't stop that. It was a it was a hunger, a desire deep inside of me, painful, really. I wanted to be able to give this out. Well, I thought, I'm not equipped. I don't even know the Bible that well. I don't even know how to speak that well. I, I was, in school, I was dyslexic, so I read things backwards. How am I going to be able to pronounce all those names in the Bible? And even today, I'm going to do a series in Acts. Well, wow, how am I going to be able to pronounce some of those names. I probably won't pronounce them all right, but I don't care. Why don't I care? Because God has called me to give forth 
the truth. And if you're going to stumble over the little things that I don't do or don't say right, then go, go ahead. I don't care. Because I've got to give what God has given me. And God called me to this, and He has anointed me to give this, and I can do nothing else but this. And I always say, you're going to hear this until I say my last breath, until I take my last breath, if, if I'm not transformed into, um, and my body is redeemed, and, um, and uh, we come forth with Christ at the end, you see? If I don't go to be with Him then, you know, and I die and go to the grave, my body won't stay in that grave. <laughs> it won't. Because on Resurrection Day, that's really what Easter is about, I'm going to come out of that grave. Really, the Bible says in chapter 5 of, of um, John, in verse 24, I think, through 28, it talks about there's two resurrections. There is a resurrection of the righteous and the resurrection of the damned. And the righteous that have done good by putting their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ will have eternal life. And the ones that have done evil because they're in unbelief and pride in their own sufficiency and their own selves, you see, they're, they're going to have a resurrection too, but it's to the resurrection of damnation. Their bodies will come out of the grave. Everybody will come out of the grave at the end. It says that in John chapter 5, 24 through 28. You can look it up yourself. So the day will come. So wh who are you going to trust? Yourself or the indwelling spirit and life of Christ within you that Peter calls the divine nature. Peter says, and we can be partakers. We can eat. We can trust. We can draw from that well that never runs dry. That's what a partaker is. A partaker is somebody that eats something. Well, eating is really a metaphor of faith. It's receiving. It's trusting. It's drawing from. That's why Jesus said there's a well of eternal life that's inside. And if you draw from that well, you will, you'll, you'll live forever. It's a, it will spring up to everlasting life. And that well is Jesus himself. So there is no lack in Him, and there is no lack in the Spirit you join to Him. There is no lack. There's only lack in your life if you're living as if you're separate from Him, and you're needy, crying out to Him to make you greater and fuller. And all along, He wants you to leap into the truth of who you really are and take it by faith. He's condemned sin in your flesh, and He has made you a new creation and you're one with Him, and you've been crucified with Christ, you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. That's really the essence of what Easter is about. That's what the, resur the Resurrection Day really represents. It's not just a lonely Jesus coming out of the grave, but it's all of us that have put our trust in Him. He raises from the dead and seats us in heavenly places in Him, in Christ, and comes back inside of us in our heavenly place, which is spirit within. You have been listening to The Liberating Secret with Sylvia Pierce. We want to send a special thank you to all our supporters who make this program possible. If you have been blessed by this program and would like to contact Sylvia, you can write her at P.O. Box 43268, Louisville, Kentucky, 40253. That's Post Office Box 43268, Louisville, Kentucky, 40253. You can also find more of Sylvia's teachings on her website, 
The web address is www.theliberatingsecret.com. That's www.theliberatingsecret.com. And be sure to listen again right here Monday through Friday at the same time for The Liberating Secret with author and teacher Sylvia Pierce. So until next time, may God richly bless you.